When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ayo, welcome in to the CHGO White Sox podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top rated sportsbook. Download the app today and use promo code CHGO when you sign up. Welcome in to the Studio A of C- our CHGO offices here in the West Loop of Chicago. I'm Sean Anderson, the host of the CHGO White Sox podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. And alongside me, as always, is Herb Lawrence. Hello. You can follow him on Twitter at Ecknerwall23. He's our CHGO White Sox community leader. Today, we are coming to you with news from the winter meetings, day three of the winter meetings. The Rule 5 draft is currently going on, and the White Sox took somebody. Mm. So, ha, 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 all you pessimistic people mm. on Twitter today, just relax. The White Sox have the worst 40-man roster probably in the MLB. So they just added a one guy that really isn't going to affect. I mean, he's, he's in the Jason Ballou level, all right? So if you didn't know who Jason Ballou was, it doesn't matter that Nick Avila's on the team. I'll tell you about Nick Avila in a second. But the White Sox did select somebody in the Rule 5 draft. They've pissed people off by putting out a video series uh, as well. And we're going to try to predict where some of the remaining free agents will go. What's up, Matthew Cortese? What's up, Senior Sox? How you feeling, Herb? feeling a little bit better than I was yesterday. Even though the White Sox are still terrible, it's just, you know, coming down that I root for a terrible team and that there's nothing I can do about it. So don't get too mad about it. You know, the Sunday and Monday and Tuesday shows were the mad shows. This one's a relaxed show. Yeah, it's definitely a relaxed one. And I I don't know if this made you feel anything, but now seeing the Cubs get both Jamison Tyone and Cody Bellinger Mm -hmm. actually has me feeling better about the White Sox chances just because Tyone really wasn't highly connected to the Cubs from what I was I was tracking so I did like that that was kind of popped up out of nowhere they became the favorites late last night and got a deal done for 68 million in four years and like Bellinger it really didn't seem like there was a leader for a team it just seemed like everyone was interested so I don't know we've heard some quotes from Rickon yesterday basically talking about how they're going to need some patience I, I don't know if fans really want to hear that right now but I think that something could happen today or tomorrow, and it doesn't have to be necessarily a winter meetings, uh, you know, transaction. Like it doesn't have to happen today to make it more special. I agree with Rick that like if you get somebody on December sixth or December sixteenth, it happened because something happened at the winter meetings. So like the winter meetings are important. It just doesn't happen happen today. And oh, shout out to Colt Taco ninety seven, uh, our guy on Twitter, uh, who said uh, a four ninety nine super chat for the soup. Did you see what happened on Twitter? I did not. I, I took uh, Lawrence was making fun of me because I was reheating some soup that I got at the Trader Joe's. A cream of broccoli, nice. It was an unexpected cheddar Delicious. broccoli soup. Okay. Um, I expected it because I bought it, but I took it out after putting it in the microwave for about four minutes, and it was really hot because it was in the pl- plastic container. Lava hot, yes. Tried to put it down on the kin- the uh, the you know little countertop over there. Melted. Exploded. Oh, all okay. over the, uh, the 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 fridge, all over the uh, drying little mat for all the dishes. That oh. Bears bottle opener had soup all over it. So I took about a good 15 minutes to uh, to clean some soup up today. It was awesome. Oh, that's awesome. Thank and I you. saw the soup. It looked like a high-quality soup, Herb. Mm. It was pretty good. Why I mean, you put it in for four damn minutes? 
Because it's it's cold soup. You have to do two minutes, stir two minutes. You ever heat up soup? Yeah. Well, no, because soup is trash. Okay. So well, there you go. Soup is uh, just um, flavored water. <laughs> Get some meat. Get some meat in your uh, thing. If you put you meat could in there, put just... chicken in the soup, Herb. Well, huh? It was cream of broccoli. Exactly. So there there was no meat. In it. Oh, flavored water. Um, it was it's it's a good it's flavored cream flavored milk sorry flavored milk um no chocolate milk's delicious eat something better but I feel like much better because those you're talking about the Tyone and the Bellinger deals for the Cubs like I think they're just you know wetting their beak on little couple deals Tyone is nothing special he is a league average major league pitcher but he does the thing that pitchers need to do show up every fifth day. And toss for you. And so that's a good signing. Bellinger for only $12 million. And if he is any semblance of his old self, where people were telling me last year, I think it was a tweet that sent out last year's exit velocity off the bat was reminiscent of the 2018 Cody Bellinger. And so without the shifts this upcoming year, maybe some of those hits that didn't go through or that were just hit to short right field are going through and he's going to be getting more singles doubles and with the short porch and right field home runs out there in Wrigley Field it's it's a move where I don't think it's going to hurt the Cubs if he doesn't do well you have him give him five and a half million to go somewhere else but he'll be trying his hardest his damnedest to get a long-term deal after this season and so the training will be right everything will be right he'll be listening to people he hasn't been listened to in the past to try to get the old Cody Bellinger back. Working right now with the, uh, uh, was it Jackson Holiday oh, in, yeah. o- in Oklahoma? Matt, Matt's brother, uh, or Matt's son. Yeah, so the bat sounded crisp. Well, I mean, hope hope so. I mean, it's it's an, it's a Major League Baseball player, so and he's still performed for at least two years. You, you'd think he'd be making loud contact, but you look at some of the StatCast data, Bellinger, like the big thing that sticks out to me is just the max exit velocity. Like, is he still gearing back up in 2018 the average exit velocity was in the 68th percentile 2019 83 83 percentile. Uh, 2020 60 percent 2021 48 and then in 2022 climbed up back to 57 but the max exit velocity has gone down from 76 uh, percentile in 2020 down to 48 in 2021 down to 31 in 2022 so I just don't know if he's still got that oomph on that bat to really carry it but hey it's a really low risk signing because the, the Cubs still have some like highly touted prospects that aren't really forced to play now that they signed Bellinger but let's say Brendan Davis has a fantastic start to 2023 and Cody Bellinger kind of stinks I mean they, they might just find it easy to move on from Bellinger because it's a low-risk signing, it's just one year, and they can just pl- plug in Brendan Davis if they want to. And I know White Sox fans, for the most part, are poo-pooing that deal because of all the money you have to put on a thing that is, you know, not certain. But as we as White Sox fans sit in this desert, if Rick Hahn would have gave us that drop of water, which is Cody Bellinger, we would have been like, thank you, Jesus, Rick Hahn, thank you. We're thirsting for something. That's all we're asking for. We're not asking for the full bottle of water while we're thirsty. Just a drop, just a swallow so we can quench our throat, (laughs) our thirst, just to get something back in our parched throat. Give us something. If we was Cody Bellinger, smooth. If it's Andrew Benintendi, awesome. No. Michael Conforto, man. What if it was Brandon Nemo? Man, you're throwing the bottle all over your face. You're like, ah, my my thirst is quenched. I'm cooled down now. Thanks, Rick Hahn. (laughs) Like that quickly, we were like, man, Rick Hahn is the worst general manager in the world. Right. And they get an average in this market, an average signing. 
people would be like, man, this Rick Hahn is doing work. Right, and I, I saw some some people just being like, you know, Jerry's killing the fan base and all this stuff, and it's like, the day's not even over. Just relax. Like, I mean, anything can happen. Like, the fact that Aaron Judge is signed is a good thing for the Sox. The fact that Cody Bellinger is signed is a good thing. It just means that that market's going to be sped up, and that's mm -hmm. what Rick Hahn's been talking about, was that we need some of these other dominoes to fall. That is a huge domino right there, Aaron Judge. We haven't seen another outfield deal get done yet, and maybe the White Sox are the next team. Like, you, you just have to be the first, or you just have to be the one that does it, right? And Cody's all, our guy Cody Del Mendo from uh, CHGO Cubs, he asked me after bets, because a Ken Rosenthal article came out where, you know, he was saying it was basically far-fetched that the Cubs were ever going to get Swanson and Bogarts because they have two different agents. The yeah. reason why the Seager and Simeon thing made so much sense was because they both had Boris as an agent, right? So Cody was saying that, you know, it seems like they're just going to get Dansby Swanson. And he just seems so, like, beat up. And I'm like, dude, you just signed Cody Bellinger and Jamison Tyon. If the White Sox did that, they would be so excited. Fans would be so excited if they went out and got those two players. And the other thing, too, is, like, rumors are just rumors. Like, all that has to happen is one deal. Like, if the Cubs go out and offer Carlos Correa $300 million right now, Carlos Correa is a Cub. Carlos Correa is signing that deal, and he's going to be playing shortstop for you. So, like, I, I just want to preach patience because until there's something to be mad about, I don't want you folks getting too mad. Like, I, I see some people really popping off, and even in the, the, the space from uh, Josh Nelson today uh, on Twitter with Matt Zawoski and Jordan uh, Lazowski, there's some heated people in there, and I don't understand. Like, I mean, people get heated about sports, but, like, folks, I, I, I don't know. Because it's because, not because, they're not getting mad at you, but you are giving the White Sox a thing they haven't earned, which is the benefit of the doubt, and patience, which they haven't earned. Mm -hmm. So... Most White Sox fans are like, no, I've seen this specifically this past offseason and then also in the trade deadline. So you have to show me. But before you show me, I'm going to get in that ass and tell you that you ain't shit and you need to get to work. And you know who I heard? And, you know, Ryan McGuffey has come on the score when I was a producer and subsequently. And he is talking about the team in a negative light. He's, you know, I know the perception is people who work at NBC Sports Chicago because Jerry owns it, have to be water carriers, have to be such and such. Ryan's never been that. And Ryan McGuffey absolutely lit them on fire in their latest podcast. I listened to it and I was like, God damn, Ryan, if you lost Ryan McGuffey and he's out here cussing, cussing. I was like, man, White Sox better get their shit together because you got guff breaking character. It's like... Can't be doing that. Well, let me ask like you a question. Like me, now. I can cuss all the time. That's like fucking regular. Right. Exactly. But Guff, get your stuff together, Rick Hahn, Kenny Williams. You're messing Guff up. You're about to lose him. Well, and Rusted says patience. We've been patient for six years. I'm, fr uh, I'm fresh effing out, dude, which I understand. And obviously the money will be spent. There's so many comments to get annoyed about. I'm just saying right now, in this moment, I think that if the White Sox go out and sign Michael Conforto, especially to, I would think, a, a smaller deal than what Bellinger got, I think they have a better offseason than the Cubs. I, just because you look at the, the, the pitching at market. The point, yeah, at I that think time, that, yeah. I think Clevenger is a great deal looking at some of the money that they got. Would you rather have Jamison Tyone for $17.5 yes. or Mike Clevenger for 8 Jamison Tyone. I'll take Clevenger. Because I know what he's going to do. I know what Jameson Tyone's going to do. He was a league average pitcher this past That's season. That's exactly what I need. Right he's been a league it. average pitcher That's his entire literally what I need. I, and I know he's going to post each time. Give me I, league average. Clevenger's going to give you at least 20. Or, he's, giving you he? a floor, he's giving you a is floor he? of 20. Yeah. Is he? 
He's given you a floor of 20 in every... I think the only time he hasn't was 2020 when he pitched nine games. Herb, we were league that average was, that last was COVID year. And, and, and he missed a full year in 2021. We were league okay, average but, last yeah, year. Yeah, but we like, that was Tommy Johnny at the surgery. Sorry, Steven. I, I can't have league average anymore. We were, if your we fifth starter is league average, ever. Was, I'm in. No. Do you know that Mike Clevenger is going to be better than Mike Clevenger was last year? I think Clevenger has much better upside. Than, or you're just going to be Mike I, Clevenger of last year. If he's Mike Clevenger last year, who's better? Him I, think, I think Clevenger. Last year's Mike Clevenger. Yeah, I'll take Clevenger. Just Over, because I don't I don't think I mean I again it's not just black and white. I, I think there's gonna be some things that, that prop up Clevenger, but if he gives you 114 innings in the AL Central, I think he I think he'll be better than Tyon, yeah. I, I don't know. I I, I just think that hopes and the idea No, I mean I, I think that we've seen some of the stuff that you know we've been able to diagnose a little bit. Just I think that they see something in the way that he's delivering the ball that they can hopefully clean up and just streamline a little bit more to avoid injury. And if they're able to avoid injury, just like Carlos Rodon, who seemed like a hopeless lost cause, maybe that guy will turn back into the first round potential talent that he was. And along with Clevenger, this is a guy that's received multiple Cy Young votes when he was healthy and going. And if they're able to get him healthy, this is a guy that's reached 200 innings before. So I just think that the ceiling is so much higher with Clevenger, and I just don't think that the low the floor is that bad. And then if you're also putting in the difference of literally $8.5 million between the, the two players, like I absolutely think Clevenger is the better signing. Mm. All right. I mean, either of would be fine. I want the White Sox to spend money, but I'm just, I'm just if you, you're comparing them, you know, Clevenger to Tyon and then Conforto to Bellinger, obviously they got to go sign Conforto to make that happen. But, uh, you know, I, I, I would say the Sox had a better offseason. There's um, a lot of things that have to happen. And this is the White Sox thing, as um, Beef Loaf likes to put, the Kenny Williams meme, stay healthy. Mm-hmm. Then it's, as I say, Ethan Katz can fix this guy. And then, well, if this Eloy stays healthy, and I know my man Ian was in the the Discord, and if you want to be joining us in the uh, as a diehard, you can get in our Discord, and we can have discuss discussions about if Eloy Jimenez is the same as Aaron Judge or in that class, which I dismissed outright, and I did not call Ian any names. I was just like, hey, man, Aaron Judge has had three years that Eloy Jimenez even got close to. And I got it. He can, but until he does, let's table that talk right now. Let's, let's put it on the side side and let Eloy less, at least play like 145 games. And then let's uh, re- reconvene and see if he can be in the judge uh, atmosphere. But I, I just can't keep on saying every single player has to be 65, 75, 85, 99th percentile of their selves for this team to be good instead of just get the 50% of a great player and we'll we'll but see I, I think, we'll see what we can do on the, I, on the other side of that. I, I don't think Clevenger has ever given you I like I don't think Clevenger has had a true 50 season. You know what I'm saying? Like last year I think you know his his season was probably around a 30% coming off Tommy John and then also saying that he was dealing with, you know, uh knee injuries to his right knee a perfect coming team into to the come year. to too. Um true. Um, hey, I'm not saying there's not any red they're gonna, flags. They're going to fix that right up. Yeah. You know, if, if anything, you know, it seems like knee injuries have taken a rise uh, just with the Sox, at least with pitchers, because Lance Lynn's had some issues. Kopech's had some issues. So yeah, I, I hear it. But um, I don't know. I, I just think that. Yeah, no, I lost my train of thought. You're saying that Clevenger's awesome and he hasn't pitched his 50 percent yet. 
Well, yeah, right. I think that Tyone's just consistently hit 50%, right? He's, he's, he's consistently hit his 50th percentile, which is great. Consistent, right? But Clevenger, it's it's been more of a roller coaster. But I'm ready to ride that roller coaster. If, if this Tyone's whole thing's been enjoy too. the ride or be bitter, I'm going to enjoy the ride, my friend. That's what Steve Stone wants you to do, okay? And I, I'm ready to enjoy this Mike Clevenger ride. I'm ready to go up and down with Mike Clevenger. And as long as he's hitting 95 they got a great signing, and if, if, if that fastball velocity is there, we know that the ride's going to be probably pretty bumpy. Um, let's update you on the Rule 5 draft. Um, let's get into a little bit of that. It's currently underway in San Diego. Um, the Rule 5 draft, if you are unfamiliar, uh, there was the date back in November to set the 40-man roster. Um, you saw the White Sox add Brian Ramos and uh, Jose Rodriguez to their 40-man roster, and then leaving players like Yolbert Sanchez and Luis Mieses unprotected. Now, in this draft, it's going to be reverse standing orders from the last season. So just like the former way that the MLB draft was set up, the Nationals would have had the first pick, the A's second, Pirates third. The White Sox had the 15th best record in the majors last year. So they've had the 15th pick. Um, but teams don't always have to take players in this. Uh, they can pass. And also if their 40 man rosters full, they can't select players. Um, so the White Sox basically had the eighth pick in the rule five draft with the Royals, Angels, Diamondbacks, Cubs, Twins, and Red Sox all passing. The White Sox selected Nick Avila from San Francisco. I think especially with the players that came off the board. Um, the only other player that I was interested in uh, was Blake Sable, outfielder from the Pirates, who also plays catcher. I thought it would have been a nice little versatility, and he also hits from the left-handed side. Nick Avila obviously has some connections to Ethan Katz. and Which the San Nick Francisco. Avila? The, the pitcher? Yeah, Nick Avila, the pitcher, but not the Nick Avila that you know. Because this Nick Avila is, uh, is, is a, has been a rookie in 2019. So all these players were likely selected in the 2019 MLB draft or were international signings in 2018. So okay. Nick Avila was drafted in the 26th round by the Giants uh, in the 2019 draft out of California State University. Um, and I guess it's Long Beach. Is that Cal? Uh, Cal, Cal State Long Beach, yeah. Is that, is that, it's not Long Beach? Which one's that? Cal State Long Beach? I mean, California, I think it's, I don't think Long that's Beach Long Beach State. State. I think that's, I, just, I'm almost certain it is. It's, I think it's Long Beach State that he went to. All right. I'll yeah. Trust okay. You. Long Beach. Long Beach State. Okay. So he went to the dirtbags. Um. Why did you say Long Beach State? I don't know. Anyways. Uh, I think all their colleges are you know, UCLA, California, University right. of California, okay. um, Los Angeles. So out of the dirtbags, uh, Nick Avila, 26 round. He was just in Double A and High A. He is a reliever. In 47 appearances, 55 and one third innings. He had a 114 ERA, 58 strikeouts, and a WHIP under one. Uh, 9.4 strikeouts per nine, 2.3 walks per nine, uh, and then uh, under one home run per nine in double A and uh, high A in Eugene and Richmond. And the reaction from San Francisco fans seems to be pretty uh, annoyed. Uh, one fan just saying fuck in all caps. Uh, Giants future said figured this would happen. Tough, tough loss. And Mark DeLucci um, said expected him to be selected. Very good, versatile reliever. So the White Sox adding a right-handed reliever to their bullpen because players that are selected in the Rule 5 draft are immediately added to the 26-man roster. So Nick Avila is now a part of your bullpen, and I think it's a very interesting pick. Uh, Nick Avila, just looking at some of the mechanics right now, seems like he throws hard as hell, and it seems ceasing in a way. Just the arm slot and the way that he is very 
violent with his mechanics. Um, he has a huge kind of head jerk uh, when he when he's throwing. It's full bodies rearing back. Um, it looks like he features a slider as well, so it seems like a fastball slider guy. I'm excited. Um, if as long as he can control his fastball high in the zone, it seems like the White Sox really love these type of players. Uh, high velocity, high spin rate, and it seems like Nick Avila absolutely fits this mold. So I think this is a great selection from uh, the White Sox in the Rule 5 draft. And Rick Hahn yesterday said that they had a list and list of names that they could select from. So I wouldn't be surprised, too, if they might swing back around because they don't have a full 40-man roster yet. Um, there is a minor league phase, so they might be able to take uh, another player as well. So uh, I, I think that they might be uh, active today. See, if Rick hadn't already spent a bunch of money on the bullpen, I would applaud this move and because th- this is the move you're supposed to do with your bullpen. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to get inexpensive arms, but he's spending so much money on the bullpen, it's like, where's this guy going to fit? Like, people are actually getting paid, like, on this team that might not pitch a lot, like Jake Diekman. And so, yeah, it's good to have a fresh young arm um, from Long Beach State. Do you know... Um, the most successful White Sox draft pick from Long Beach State? No, I don't. Who is it? Well, if you're going to go with his White Sox career, I guess it would be Jeff Leifer, but it wasn't good either. So Jeff Leifer, Rocky Biddle, Jeremy Reed, who didn't really play for the White Sox, got traded to the uh, uh, Seattle Mariners, but it's not very good from Long Beach State and the White Sox. Right. But, uh, yeah, it's Good, good signing. I mean, good uh, Rule 5 draft well, by, it, the, by the White Sox. I just like it because clearly they're listening to Ethan Katz. Clearly, Ethan Katz is making up a large part of the pitching infrastructure for the White Sox. And in the two years that he's been here, two top 10 bullpens, eighth last year in war, uh, top 10 in 2021. I don't know where they sat. And we know the story of the White Sox rotation in 2021. I mean, just utter dominance. Um the fact that they were just able to get so many innings out of their guys and so dominant night in and night out. I really do think that this is the smart move for the Sox just to trust Ethan Katz because this is a man that clearly understands biomechanical side of pitching. He understands the spin rate side of pitching. Like this is a man on the front, uh, the, you know, the, uh, you know, the, the leading edge the forefront of, of, of baseball thinking. And I think it's just, it's so smart, like, thankfully, that this is what the White Sox are, are doing, right? Yeah, side note on this uh, whole thing. Do you think that Pedro Grafal, being a first-year manager, will have, like, Ethan Katz, Kirk Hassler, like, kind of just do the pitching staff? I, like And, like, hey, man, I'm going to give you the power to tell me when I need to go out and see the guy, when I need to go and get the ball from him. You know, because you know your pitchers, you know their fatigue, things like that. I'm going to count on you initially to be the guy. And then when I got, you know, hit the ground running, I'll do that, you know, and trust on you too. But then after a while, it'll be my call 100%. Because I think that would be the best way. I think the best coaches and managers in professional sports are the ones that are kind of like CEO types. And they let their people underneath them do their jobs. And they just sit back, and as long as everything's going smooth, they allow adults to do their jobs. And so I hope that Pedro Grifol is just leaning on Ethan Katz's know-how and just says, hey, man, you got the pitcher staff. Tell me when I need to go and grab the ball. You see fatigue, you know your pitcher, I'll go out there and grab the ball when you tell me to. Yeah. I think that would be the best for a first-time manager 
to do that. I know he's managed other places in Venezuela and other minor league systems, but this is the majors. It's a different thing. And I trust Ethan Katz. We are bringing him back from another staff. The White Sox trust him. I would think that Pedro Grafal would trust him with knowing who the pitchers are, when they're fatigued, and when to take them out. And to put in the best situation for a reliever, like the guy they just got, to ba- face another guy and have that stuff like three or four batters before uh, the batter actually comes up. Yeah, just to f- answer the question on Pedro, we'll take a break, and then we'll get to the uh, super chat from Stefan, kind of fill you in on what the uh, bullpen will look like, uh, and then also let you know uh, some of the final free agent picks we have uh, for you as well. KPW doesn't believe in Charlie Montoya. Why is that? <laughs> um, I don't know. What did he do wrong? He said take it from someone did- who knows – Never to take advice from your new bench coach about pitching. Right, but I'm just thinking, like, the only train wreck I'm thinking of that happened in Toronto was just Buck Showalter putting in Ubaldo Jimenez and not Zach Britton. So I don't know. I don't know. I'm sure there was something where he left Manoa in for too long or like Kevin Galsman was uh, obviously gassed and Charlie was like, hey, that's a horse. Let him go. I I think the, the kind of template was laid out with Miguel Cairo. We saw once Tony left... That Miguel Cairo was very, uh, he kind of lifted up the machine that is the Sox machine. Uh, like, just the idea that they were all working together, that Ethan really seemed to have the pitching control on, on what was happening. It seemed like Frank Manichino felt a little bit more empowered as well. Like, it, it just felt like they were working more as a collective. And I think that's what we're hearing from Rick Hahn as well. Um, this was the quote. Um, on what Rick has loved about Pedro. I think many of the things that we trumpeted at the start of our search and talked about at the time when we hired him, the communication skills, the sort of thirst for knowledge and desire to find ways to improve players, it's creative and inquisitive mind and someone who is easy to root for. I think I mentioned before, I've heard from a number of whether it's players, coaches, guys in the league office, people who have worked with him before and to a person, they all sing his praises and are really excited to get this guy the opportunity and I just think that they praise the ability for him to work together. So I do think that it will be more of a collective and I think very interesting PJ Mooney and Britt Griffel, and I, I, I might be saying her name wrong. Grihol, I, I might. I'm, I, oh, the, uh, the Baltimore. The Baltimore um, I thought she used to cover the Nationals. Britt Giroli, you mean? Oh, yeah, yeah, thank you. Uh, my, my bad on that. Giroli. Um, <laughs> I'm just so used to Pedro Griffel. Um, but that, they had a piece for The Athletic, and they asked agents, who is the best and worst manager? Who is the best manager, according to agents, last year? Uh. Jeez, I would not know. I mean, if you're just going by, you know, wins, I think Scotty Service might have been the guy. No, I mean, it's Terry Francona. Uh, The quote was, this is a people business, and Terry Francona is a master at handling and managing personalities. Just took the youngest team in MLB history to the playoffs and won the AL Central, so that would make sense. Who was named the worst manager? I mean, Tony La Russa. Tony La Russa. Most of the worst ones have been replaced, but it would have been La Russa, uh, an anonymous MLB agent on worst manager in baseball. So the White Sox at least made an upgrade there. Um, we'll get to you guys fantastic super chats, but we are late to a break. Uh, so we will join those in just a second. We do want to let you know about our presenting sponsor, DraftKings Sportsbook. If you are an NBA fan, if you're a Bulls fan, it's that time of year. Everyone's excited about the gifts, the holiday spirit, but what about the basketball? When I throw down on the NBA action, it's got to be with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can bet just $5 pregame money line on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if you do. The Bulls on a three-game losing streak, right? But they're playing the Wizards tonight. Bradley Beal, Wizards' best player, out. 
So tonight might be a great time for new customers to sign up on the DraftKings Sportsbook app, place a bet on the Bulls' money line, and if they win, hopefully they do, you'll get $150 in free bets. Uh, plus, everyone can combine multiple bets for a bigger payout with DraftKings Same Game Parlays. Uh, and Maryland sports fans, listen up. DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. So, Connor, I don't know. I know you're a Washington Commanders fan. I don't know if you're in Maryland, but Maryland sports fans, listen up. Again, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your space, state. So, download the app now and get in on the holiday hoops action. Sign up with code CHGO and place a pregame $5 money line bet on any NBA team to win their ga- game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code CHGO. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for detail. Also, oh, we got a signing. What's happening here? Uh, I just see that pop up. Uh, White Sox are in discussion with Victor Reyes. Uh, switch hitter, and this is from Scott Merkin, can play all three outfields, would be a minor league deal with a non-roster invite to spring training. Remember when they split up the Reyes's? They just got rid of them. Oh, those are the Castros. Yeah. So Victor Reyes, though, he's of uh, formerly of the Tigers, right? Yes. Yeah. So uh, coming over... Obviously, Pedro knows him from the AL Central. The, the Sox know him from the AL Central. It's a non-roster invite. It's a minor league deal. They need they need outfield depth. I mean, what what are why are we jumping the market for Victor Reyes? Why does it we matter? Can, it's cheap. We, we can get him in February. What if you can't? It's cheap. Get somebody it's, else who's just as good as Victor not, Reyes. It's, 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 a, it's, it's, it's a major it's league like, player. Victor Reyes isn't going to keep you from signing Michael Conforto. No, but why are we jumping to sign him? Oh my. I probably because the White Sox want to fix something with him, so they want to get him in as early as possible. Oh no! I mean, that's what we've heard with with what Tozar and and Griffal have done in Kansas City is fighting off other players, other teams people. from Victor Reyes. Yeah, I'm I'm fine with it. Uh, I also got to let you know about pins and aces uh, for the golfers in your life. It is the holiday season, and pins and aces is the official golf apparel partner of CHGO. We love our pins and aces gear and get tons of compliments on and off the course. They're a family-owned golf and apparel business, and they make amazing polos, hats, golf bags and even our favorite beer sleeve. It's an innovative product that allows you to store seven beers right inside your golf bag and keep drinks cold the entire round. So check out pinsandaces.com and use code CHGO to receive 15% off your first order and get free shipping. That's pinsandaces.com. Victor Reyes, let's update you on him. Actually, let's go to the Super Chats and we'll get some uh, Victor Reyes stats for you just to let you know what the White Sox might see in the 6'5 outfielder. Um, He's 28 years old and he is from Venezuela. Uh, First off, we'll go to Stefan Bardo. He said, will they finally DFA Jose Ruiz? We haven't had Steven around. And when Steven's not around, no one plays the ham horn. But when Steven's here, you get the ham horn for the Super Chats. Play it again, Steven. All right, I'll do it one more time. Yeah, I never know. I never know when you're going to go right into it or where you're going to pause. <laughs> it's fine. You do a great job. Um, so right now, the bullpen is a little bit crowded. Uh, Liam Hendricks, Kendall Graveman, Aaron Bummer, Joe Kelly, Ronaldo Lopez, Jake Diekman, Jose Ruiz, Jimmy Lambert, and Garrett Crochet, who is injured. That's the projected bullpen according to Fangraph's roster resources. And uh, shout out to John Becker over at Fangraph's who puts all this together. Um, the, the, the main thing is I think the White Sox, if you really want them to just Cut bait with Jake Diekman. I think that's really what is sticking out. You don't need Aaron Bummer and Jake Diekman and Garrett Crochet. Jose Ruiz eats up innings. He's he's fine. He's not bad. He's not good. He makes under a million dollars, right? I think, if anything, cutting Diekman loose is just something you just have to bite. Like, the, the, the people talk about the sunken fallacy cost with Yasmani Grandal. Mm-hmm. Like, just cut Jake Diekman for, for the love of God. I don't need to see him again. He was awesome. 
awful. You signed Aaron Bummer because you trusted in him, and he's got a much more interesting profile. Garrett Crochet clearly has a much more interesting profile. Cut Diekman if you're not able to trade Hendricks or if you're not trading Hendricks or if you're not trading Crochet as well because it just seems pretty logjammed. I'm sure some team will take a Jake Diekman on their team for a low-level minor leaguer where you don't have to cut him necessarily and can just be on somebody's roster as a lefty specialist that comes out of the bullpen every once in a while. Maybe one of these teams that you know is a little short on bullpen arms and Jake Diekman fits in their profile, and they may, they say, hey, we can fix him. If Ethan Katz can't fix him, we can fix him. He'll be in our bullpen. I don't think he had a need to cut him straight out and down, up and down because he's still a lefty. He is. And it's not as valuable as it used to be with the new three batter minimum, but it still has value, and he has some value in this league. I I just I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't. I don't think he's got any options. So it's just you got, I think you just got to cut him. Um, Mando, I mean, at this point, what's what's the discuss about the possibility of trading Liam? We've discussed it multiple times. We talked about it yesterday. So yeah. just go listen to yesterday's show. Actually, um, it, it was times. at thirty oh five that we talked about it yesterday. I remember Herb sending me the timestamps. Uh, I do I, yes, I do timestamps every day, so you yeah. guys can so watch it. Thirty oh five. We talked about Liam yesterday. It just doesn't make sense for a team that says they're contending to to trade away uh, a piece that they signed when they were contending. I don't know. Uh, I, I think it would make sense to at least free up some cap space uh, with the crowded bullpen. Like it is a piece of strength. But also, I think Herb made a, a pretty compelling, uh, pretty compelling argument. Uh, let's go to the other super chats here. Uh, Stefan Bardo, mentally tired from this team. They need outfielders. Welcome, Victor Reyes. Boom, baby. They heard, they heard you, Stefan. Let's go. Um, good athlete, at least. Uh, he has a big arm, 83 percentile arm strength, uh, mid with at least sprint speed, about 50 percentile. Max exit velocity, though, 71 percentile. Uh, I think they would just want to kind of unlock the maybe the pull side hitter of him. He didn't have a lot of home runs last year, only three, but he doesn't really pull the ball, I think, enough with with ferociousness, and especially for a guy at, at 6'5". I don't know. I think they just like the toolsiness and the athleticness of him. I guarantee I, when Rick Hong gets to the mic, he's like, I don't know. He's 28. I, just, I don't think can, he's going to even address it. There's no, they don't have to have a Victor Reyes press conference. Can play like, all three positions in yeah, the outfield. I, I, I Versatility. Think, I think it's like a one, <laughs> you know, a three-sentence thing that he says. Like, I don't know. Victor Reyes is not going to be. I guarantee he's going to pump up Victor Reyes. I, I, I think he'll pump <laughs> up Mike Tozar and Pedro Griffal in their process of trying to fix Victor Reyes and getting the most out of him. Uh, let's go to the other Super Chats here um, from our guy Jack Zell. We need to trade Grantel and Makata, but we can't since they had horrible years, so no one wants them. And I'm also happy we have a new hitting coach. Uh, yeah, he apparently went down with Pedro Griffal to go visit the Butterfly Sanctuary and Luis Robert. Did you hear about that? I did not hear about that. Luis Robert's got a batting cage. Oh, I heard about Griffall, the house. Yeah, yeah Pedro Griffal saying he's you know he met the family and that uh, you know Luis Robert seems locked in. So there you go. Uh, maybe the White Sox uh, are going to be able to unlock uh, Luis Robert. Just again staying healthy for him uh and then the other one we need a huge trade or sign a player please i can't take the fact that the white Sox have done nothing they signed victor reyes they he drafted said, nick avila look said, at that see he said a huge trade or a sign a player he didn't say a huge signing of a player so yeah they listened to you and stefan bardo jack so let's ask for what you want specifically i know you asked for aaron judge initially you don't ask, you don't get. So put out the names of who you want and put in the universe, and maybe Rick Hahn and them will be listening to you. Hey, KPW, can we get your catcher? Yeah. Who would you, I mean. Danny, 
Danny Jansen, I'm going to downshift because they're not going to give him my, my Dan- guy. Danny Jansen uh, for Jake Diekman? Alejandro Kirk. No, they're, not, they're definitely – I would already hit the button. I would drive – literally drive Jake Diekman. I would go to Nebraska, drive his ass to Toronto. Yeah, and I'm also excited, too, just to go back to uh, uh, Jaxo's comment about Jose Castro. Uh, I'm interested to see what he could do. Uh, he worked with Pedro previously in tw- 2008 with the uh, Mariners, uh, also worked with Pedro in Kansas City in 2013, uh, and then the fact that he was you know went to the Braves and has been with them since 2015, it's a great organization to be a part of. So, you know, I think, you know, the White Sox, at least outside of Daryl Boston, have a good coaching staff. Um, I'm excited for a lot of it outside of Daryl Boston. Uh, final thoughts. Uh, and I know you don't want to talk about Victor Reyes anymore. Um, I'll talk about him. I feel like we hit on, on Nick Avila enough, um, at least just to catch people up. Reyes last year, 63 games played in right, 19 played in left, eight in center field, four at DH. Um, I don't know. I, I, I think that it's not something to get super excited about because he's just got horrible, horrible discipline at the plate. Um, doesn't strike out a ton, but he's just kind of like every other White Sox that he's just going to make contact like all the time. Um, I, I, maybe they see a hitter in him, but moving to Charlotte, he might just hit like 30 home runs and just be, you know, a crazy athlete down there. Uh, let's go into the next break and then we'll go into the final part where we're going to predict some free agents here. Um, first off, we've got to let you know about our DraftKings pick of the week. I am going to go with the Army Navy under, okay? I'm not even going to tell you the total that it's at. I got it at 32.5. It could be at 31.5 right now. It could be at 30. Wow. It could be at 29.5. The Army Navy under is 16-0 and in its last 16 games, all right? This game could be 7-3. This game is ugly every single year. These teams don't know how to score. These teams don't know how to move the ball. And the one way they know how to move the ball is by running. And what does running the ball do, Herb? Nothing. Runs the clock. So it means it's less time to score. So that's why the under it's in always Philadelphia too, hits. Right? Uh, yeah, is that where they're playing it? I think they've played in Philadelphia hmm. this year. But yeah. Is um, that, is it, would that be at? At the link? The link? I don't know. Alex Root has said it's at 33. Hmm. Oh, 33. Take that. I mean, but anyways, that's the pick of the week. Take under 33 in the Army-Navy game on Saturday, December 10th. Because, again, it's 16-0, and if you placed $100 on it 16 years ago and rolled over your winnings each and every single time, you'd have $3.4 million just on betting 16 Army-Navy games. Take the under, folks. That's the pick of the week. DraftKings Sportsbook. Sign up today using the code CH. G-O. Also want to let you know about Chi-Town Cornhole. We have used these boards over at our tailgates. Um, we also have the upcoming uh, Bulls Takeover, too, which we're Dude, very excited about. 16th, we'll I believe that is. Bust out the cornholes there. But uh, the number one cornhole provider for Chicagoland and Illinois since 2007, our signature box style design can be digitally printed, covered in vinyl, and painted. Our cornhole boards come with built-in drink holders recessed in on the back, LED lights that light up the hole, and exterior handles for easy carrying and handcrafted scorekeepers. They're also veteran-owned and operated, and they can ship anywhere and offer local pickups. They specialize in corporate designs for your company's next marketing or social media event, wedding gifts, and gifts for all occasions, and especially for tailgaters and backyard barbecues. So go to their website, chitowncornhole.com, and make sure to follow them on Instagram at chitowncustomcornhole.com. Boards. And I think I met, uh, I'm trying to remember his name, I think it's Tom from Chi-Tung Cornhole on the tailgate we had this past sa- Sunday, and awesome guy, 
Nice. Uh, veteran owned, like you said, he was telling me some of the good stories about his service overseas. And yeah, so Shaitan Cornhole, we were playing some bags out there in the cold weather. They held up and we had our drinks right underneath and, you know, other uh, cornhole boards. We just had to put your stuff on the side. Ours was protected by the board. You a perfect drink. You could just swig, put it back into the hole. You're all good. There you go. It's a great company to support. Good people, too. I'm, I'm telling you, too, the handles, too. Like, I've been carrying... My dad used to make boards, and he never put a handle on them. Those things were clunky and heavy and awkward. They didn't have LED lights. They didn't have the cup holders. They didn't have cool abacuses. And they'd give me splinters, right? They have handles on this one, so they're easy to carry. So if you're going to be buying boards, uh, definitely check that out. Um, the link is where the 2022 game is. And uh, there's also this cool picture from the 1926 game at Soldier Field. Look at oh, that. Yeah. When the, the stadium was all pretty and didn't have a, a UFO on it. They ran the ball back then, too. Yes, they did. Uh, let's in, go. In fast motion. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's go to some of the news and the free agents that are still available. Aaron Judge signed earlier today. Wilson Contreras signed earlier today. What would you make of some of those moves? It was a, not a surprise, but Aaron Judge apparently flew to San Diego to choose between the Giants, the Yankees, and the Padres. Um, weird. And he chose the Yankees, and the Yankees broke him off something proper. And we were talking yesterday. I was like, he's not going to hit home runs in San Francisco like he was hitting in uh, the boogie down. And he chose to stay in the boogie down and getting paid, getting broke off something proper. That's nice. Congratulations to him. And Wills Contreras, I see Cub fans being mad. Don't be mad at Wills Contreras. Be mad at the Cubs Mm -hmm. that allowed him to go to the Cardinals. Be mad at the Cubs that... Didn't want to pay him what he was supposed to get paid. And now he's going to terrorize you for the next five years down there in St. Louis. So it was a good signing for him. I don't like the Cardinals either, but hey, get your money right there, Wilson. I'm going to be rooting for you. I love the man. I love how he tossed the bat against the White Sox. White Sox fans were salty. They were like, we're the fun team. How are we salty about somebody else doing it? <laughs> like, I love fun. He tossed that shit to the moon. It was great. It's great to see. I wish he was a White Sox. Yeah, maybe be, eventually, because nice. we cool. get all former cup catchers eventually. I don't want him in five years. I'm I'm good on that. Um, you had all the bad ones. We might as well get one that's kind of good. Kind of. I mean, who's your favorite? Deanna Navarro? Uh, no. Uh, who does? Who's the guy we had that was a uh, not Deanna Navarro? The other one that was kind of good. Uh, Giovanni I, Soto. Yeah, Giovanni Soto. Yeah, he uh, was laughing when he was a cub. It's the game where Ozzy got thrown out and he kicked Giovanni Soto's mask at the thing and Giovanni Soto just couldn't help to bust out laughing then we got him later and he was terrible there you go. but uh that's, he was a decent guy so we've had Ari a WC on here and now we're getting another WC in like five years when he finishes his Cardinals years he'll be a White Sox uh I got Q2 going in the Mets I know you wanted a Q are you upset that they didn't get him no after we got Clevenger I was like we're done yeah with the starting pitching rotation it's over we got our five right-handers it would be good to have a lefty to break up all that right-handedness but I guess it doesn't too much matter because the whole division is all right-handed and uh, pitchers wise but Q's gonna do well out there in New York Mets they need pitchers they're gonna lose probably already lost Taiwan Walker already lost uh uh DeGrom which they Mm -hmm. replaced with Verlander they're gonna lose Bassett so they need some pitchers out there and he'll be the nice fifth starter out there for the nine Mets and what thirteen million a year, mm. a drop in the bucket. Yeah, I, I just, for that guy, I just think that him going to New York, he's going to get shelled. I, I don't think that he he pitched in two of the friendliest uh, 
parks to left-handed hitters uh, or to left-handed pitchers in St. Louis and Pittsburgh, and I think he's going to get rocked in Queens. But, hey, we'll see. Uh, let's go to – we did this before with Vinny here, but let's go to uh, some of these predictions, and I see Rodon's name popping up, and we're going to be talking about him. we got eight free agents here that we are going to be picking out their next home and trying to figure out the lay of the land here. So we got Carlos Rodon, Carlos Correa, Xander Bogarts, and Dansby Swanson on this first one. Uh, and I do see Rusted saying, thinking Rodon ends up in New York now. I thought it back in 2021 when he was shoving in Yankee Stadium against the Yankees. I thought there was no way that the Yankee fans are not going to just want this guy just because he f- is so fierce, looks great in pinstripes, uh, nasty fastball, and just I think he just has that kind of passion that Yankee fans would love to get around. So I think that Rodon makes a ton of sense for the Yankees. They went out and spent big with Judge. I don't think they wanted to spend to 365, but I don't think they were going to let him go away. So even though I think someone just said the Yankees have a billion dollars tied up in Cole, Judge, and Stanton, I I still see that team being active because they're the Yankees. Yeah, I'm thinking he's going to the Padres. The reason why is because the Padres have surprised me with how much money they've offered to both Trey Turner and Aaron Judge already. They want somebody to take their money. And so Rodon knows the division as he was there last year with the San Francisco Giants. He can get the most money. I mean, looks the Padres are wanting to get somebody, either a starting pitcher and or shortstop or an outfielder on their team, and their willingness to pay people is seasonal limits. They only have, what is that, Joe Musgrove, Blake Snell, and Hugh Darvish in their starting rotation. I know they just signed um, Suarez. Uh, no, a washed-up guy, I forgot his name, former Braves, former Tiger last year. Tehran? Yeah, uh, Julio Tehran, but you can't depend on that. Put him into the starting rotation right there. You have a whip right there. Two lefties, two righties, and then you can go and get somebody else to fill out the fifth spot. So I'm thinking Carlos Rodon ends up to be a Padre because they're going to give somebody that money. You just don't give all this money out and have the rumors and do the White Sox thing, let people know that, hey, we finished in second place, guys. We finished in second place. They are going to have to give that money to somebody else. Peter Seidler, A.J. Preller are not about just finishing second place and being comfortable with that. Yeah, right now they have Morihon as their fifth starter. Adrian Morihon? Adrian Morihon. He was supposed to be good. He's filthy, though. It never has happened. Um, He's just got – he's filthy, right? He's just not, like, on point. Yeah, I mean, they've had a lot of uh, pitchers who are – Big time prospects. I mean, Kenza Gore, Adrian Mori Holm, um, the Denelson Lamette. Yeah, that just didn't do what they're supposed to do, and so they've gone out via trades and via um, sign, uh, just via trades, all of them. Like just Joe Musgrove uh, signing, trade for you, Darvish, trade for Snell, and now they can just actually give money to Carlos Rodon, and they'll be good. Mm. And. We'll see what happens. Steven. I mean, uh, they apparently have $325 million to work with, according to Ken Rosenthal. Uh, Steven Gottright, uh, drop in a super chat for us. <laughs> Thank you, Steven. $10. Uh, nice. Thank you, sir. What's our pitching depth if a starter gets injured, assuming Dart and Lambert are the backups? Do we have anything in AA or AAA? Uh, Dart, I would assume, is the backup. I don't even know if they're going to entertain moving ro- uh, Lambert back into the rotation. I would assume that Sean Burke is also oh, yeah. going to be uh, up there as well from her third-round pick out of Maryland. He's been great. Um, you know, I don't know about great. He's been all right. I mean, he's pitched, basically. I don't know if I want to give him too much crap, but his stuff looks good. So I think 
if he gets a little bit settled, I, I think he'd be all right. Um, let's see how he performs in, in AAA. Uh, he had a 481 in 19 starts uh, last year in AA, uh, but I just all the reports from at least the Future Sox guys think that think highly of Sean Burke. Like I don't think there's anything to be super worried about. Um, he's just got nice stuff, and he's got multiple pitches. So he's got the makeup of a starter and the fact that he was able to get, I think 26 starts is a good thing for him. So a uh, former third round pick. I do think that Sean Burke is a part of the depth there um, for the White Sox. What about um, Jonathan Stever? Is he going to factor in at some point? So he, he just hurt the whole he, year, right? He's, yeah. he's coming off. Uh, uh, what's it called? Tommy John, right? Tommy John, I think. So I, I don't know what Stever is, what what his readiness is. So I, I don't know if I want to count on him being a guy that the White Sox can can go to just because I don't know when he'll be even available and what his performance will be like. I think they have to get more like minor league talent, like guys who are four yeah. A players uh, that could pitch in the major leagues, but that sign those minor league contracts. And at least at Charlotte, because that was an embarrassment last year, only having two reliable starters you can go to all season long for the most part. And yeah, Jonathan Stever thing was a uh, threw a munch in, uh, wrench into that whole plan, but. You need depth. You need pitchers. And so what Sean was talking about, when you just get guys like Vince Velasquez, which now he's signed with the Pittsburgh Pirates, but of that ilk, you you invite them to spring training, see what they can do, cut them. Once they don't catch another team, you say, hey, you want to come back to the minor leagues? Cool. And they go to the AAA and they stay there forever. Um, Stever's coming off a torn lat muscle. Ooh. So... Back up to what about his latissimus dorsi? Right there. Yeah, no. Like a Jake Peavy? Latissimus dorsi. Is it? Yeah. Oh, it's the Jake Peavy. Uh I don't know how to say it. Uh oh, he's Uh, out. So he got Peavy'd. Um, He is out. That's a little different, though, because Peavy had like, it was like this thing that anchored the lat. This is a lat injury. No, he said latissimus dorsi. Yeah, yeah, but like Peavy. Yeah, but Peavy's Peavy's was the thing that anchored it. Okay. Yeah. What? So do you have thoracic outlet? No. It wasn't that. Okay. I don't it's know. It's just I like mean. this thing that connects okay. the lad. Yeah. I don't know. Hey, I'm out of. I mean, Steven works out, so he knows about muscles and such. He's a Dr. Steven back there. <laughs> yes, Dr. Steven. Um, outside of that, though, I don't know if they have too much, and that's the issue with the White Sox. You're right that they just need uh, to prop up some. They need to sign depth pieces. Uh, and, you know, I mean, you're frustrated they signed Victor Reyes right now, but I'm not against if they sign a ton of depth people. Like, they don't need, they need depth to build people up for the their run. outfield. They got enough garbage. Outfielders already uh, options for next year's major league team, but this isn't a guy for the major league team. I don't think he is. Uh, anyways, I, I do think that probably Sean Burke is is the guy along, along with Davis Martin. And if they're you know past that, I think they just go into free agency. Um, I don't think they JJ continue to go sh- through the, the the prospect rankings. JJ's very uh, impressed by Sean Burke's curveball shape. It's special. It's what I've heard. And I think he sits about 95 with his fastball, and then I think he's got to change up as well. Um, and coming from the right side, big body, I think that he can hold up. And pitching in the Big Ten, you know, pretty good conference there uh, in, in baseball. All right, let's go to some of the other free agents here. We got through Carlos Rodon. Let's go to Carlos Correa next. I think the longer that he stays available, I think the more likely he goes to the Twins. So the fact that he hasn't signed yet, Turner got $300 million. I don't think Correa is going to get what he wants, so I think he's going to go back to the Twins, who will give him at least the most AAV. So I'm going to say the Twins. I'm going to say the Cubs. Uh, the Cubs are going to sign one of these remaining shortstops on the market, and they've been coveting Carlos Correa for 
since last year, and I think most of that was because the lockout, they couldn't come to an agreement with what he wanted. And I think eventually Jed and the boys, and apparently have an open checkbook, will sit down and give Carlos Correa exactly what he wants. Mm-hmm. And we'll see. I, I don't. I think he wants three hundred million. I don't think any team's giving him three hundred million. So why not? I agree. It's a drop in the bucket. Well, I mean, they were, did a comparison of uh, Harper Harper's deal and how it's he's at nine years and two hundred and twenty-two million left on his deal. You would do that in a second for mm-hmm. Bryce Harper and Carlos Correa is younger than Bryce Harper. He, maybe he's not of that ilk, but he's a shortstop that plays great defense and can hit power hit for power. I would offer him whatever he wants. And I think he'll hold up to a be, third too. Yeah, to be on my team. Yeah. And people swear by his leadership. We might think of it as a D-bag from his uh, Astros days, but the Astros people, the Minnesota people swear by him. They say he's a great teammate. Love him. So that's what the Cubs need. If they get him, they can move Nico to second base. And that middle infield would be great for the next five, ten years. Right. Um, Jaxo coming in with two Super Chats. Uh, we could sign David Peralta, which Ugh. is true. David, um, I, I mean, Jaxo, I told you to put those names out there, but damn it. Stop putting these bad names out here. Uh, Peralta is one of the guys, I think, if I read correctly from Jason Stark's piece in The Athletic, uh, might be one of the guys most help from the shift. So that could be an interesting signing for that part. Uh, Jaxo said we could sign Bogarts. There we go. I just don't think that he'll want to play second, and I wouldn't wouldn't move Tim off shortstop. Fuck that. Yes, I would. No. For Xander Bogarts? I don't care. Yes. Whatever. Why? Because Tim? Just because Tim. Come on, He's man. He's a face. He's earned it. I got it. Make, make Xander play second. Stop. No. Stop. Make Xander play Absolutely second. Absolutely stop. The Red Sox were just earlier today said to have momentum with Xander Bogarts, too. Yeah, and they have also said they were going to sign Zach Eflin. They said they were going to sign Jose Abreu. They said they were going to sign, uh, who else? I think Verlander. Like, do the signing. You've had so many years to negotiate an extension with Bogarts to keep him there, and you fucked around. Um, Jaxo saying, I'm on board with Ben, uh, ben Attendi uh, and his relationship with Pedro. I could care less, honestly. Do you want Ben Attendi? It's Want is a tricky word. I would accept Ben Attendi. As a starving man, I would take a potato chip right now. I guess, but like that... And that's what Ben Attendi... I think that represents. would piss me off more than them not signing anybody. Just Why? because like... That's an actual go, go, you're, good you're, left fielder. He's not that good. Is like, Five home runs last no, no, year not in the Yankee offense. Stadium. I'm talking about left fielder. Playing the position of left field. He's an athletic left fielder, despite that one throw he threw at guaranteed rate. I think his, his athleticism is overrated. Like, I, I think, if anything, he's Alex Gordon. Like, you're just begging Maybe. him. Maybe. Alex Gordon wasn't Maybe. that good. Yes, give me Alex Gordon. Nah, dude. Are you kidding me? No. Give me Alex Gordon. Are Absolutely you kidding me? Not. Alex no. Gordon was a champion out there in left field for the Kansas City Rose. I think they retired his number. Good for him. Yeah. Good for him. Brought home a championship. I wish he was maybe, Alex Gordon. Maybe not. I'm maybe over, overrated. I'm about to say, give defense, me some Alex Gordon. Goddamn. Alex Gordon in his last final 617 games and 82 OPS plus. Yeah, he was shit at the end of his career, but give me Alex Gordon in the I think that's exactly what Ben Attendee's about to turn into. He's a pumpkin. Uh, wow. final, final super chat here from uh, our guy Jaxo. Uh, Boston needs to sign Devers next offseason. Just do it now. He's, he's, you can offer him extension now. Don't let Devers walk out the door. I, it would not make any sense to me. Uh, I mean, the White Sox could have got Yohan Moncada or Rafael Devers, and the Red Sox are going to have neither. Um, let's go back to um, the board. The board. Uh, we have Carlos Correa going to the Twins and the Cubs. 
Xander. You got him going back to Boston, as uh, everybody in the chat does, too. Yeah, I think it makes sense. I just, if, if I, I just think Xander's probably just not getting what he wants, and I think the Red Sox will probably just end up offering him the best deal. I saw something earlier on Twitter where Xander Bogarts grew up, and I think it was either Aruba or Curacao. He watched the Cubs daily, loved the Cubs, and but the, he would love to be a Cub. Aruba. But I've already have you know the Cubs already picking another shortstop up in Correa, so he can't go there. So I'm saying that the Padres will be that team since the Red Sox don't seem to be giving him what he wants, even though it's getting close and the talks are nice. I think the Padres are like, hey, what do you want? Here's your money. We're giving away money. Somebody please take it. And eventually it'll be Xander Bogarts. Yeah, I am underrating Bogarts. Jesus. Since 2018, 105 RBIs, 133 OPS plus. I don't know. I just, I'm trying to defend Tim. I mean, you're saying a Med Rosario. Oh, yeah, Steven, you weren't here yesterday. Herb would take a Med Rosario over Tim Anderson. Did you do that? No, but I could see why you would say that. Come on. You guys are ridiculous. I said no. I know, but just, I, I love, you, I, you, you, well, you, you also said I could see what he's saying. Yeah, because so you just fenced Amed that. Rosario is available, and he's one of the best hustle players in baseball. And you know how I am with hustle. Mm, that's true. You are I, an old man. Old man yeah, Stephen over there. Thank that's you, Stephen. Not true. wrong about that, Stephen. <laughs> old, uh, the oldest 29-year-old ever. Keep that brain alive. All right. Uh, do we have any final Super Chats, or are we good on that to, get, to keep going? All right. Let's, uh, let's go back to the, uh, the, the board here. Uh, with Bogarts, though, he plays shortstop. What happens to Cronenworth? And what happens to Kim? Kim goes to second. Cronenworth goes to first. Okay. Jake Cronenworth, or he can be a relief pitcher. He was a pitcher in uh, at Michigan, too. What are they testing? Tatis in center? Tatis in center. Oh, yeah. He's, or Tatis in left. He, no, Tatis in center. Tatis is hella bad. I mean, I know Grisham's in center, but he can't hit worth a damn. They'll put Tatis in center. It's a, I think it's a less lesser position where you can mess up there, and you probably need a stronger arm, which Tatis has a strong arm, but I think... Who plays left? left? Huh? Who plays left? I mean, Soto plays right? Soto plays right. I mean, you can put Grisham in left. Okay. Yeah. Or you can put Tatis in left. Either way. You those These are what some people call good problems. <laughs> no, absolutely. You're right about that. Uh, having, having, you know, Fernando Tatis on your team would be a good problem. Uh, I would love and to just have just like, that. oh, where are we with this bum we got 13 more years with? Ugh. <laughs> it's fucking bum. Let's go back to the board. Uh and the thing, too, about the Bogarts thing, uh, he, I love it. I think it was Paul Sullivan or Profar's gone. one of them saying. Profar's a free agent right now. Oh, okay. Got you. I just thought, yeah. I, uh, mean, I, thought, I thought you meant Profar was, was just signed. Um, but with Bogarts, too, I think Paul Sullivan or someone said, like, were you a Cubs fan? He said, no. Um, so, like, but he also mentioned you saw Sox games, too. Mm-hmm. I thought that was an interesting interview uh, just because I didn't know much about Aruba. Uh, but he said, yeah, the Braves, Sox, and Cubs were the teams that he watched the most. Uh, back to the board, uh, Swanson, I think he ends up with the Cubs. I think they strike out on Correa because they don't give him the $300 million that he wants, and I don't think they'll be able to match the AAV that the Twins can give him, uh, especially with their new uniforms. I think Bogarts stays with the Red Sox, and then Swanson, you know, bride left at the altar. I think the Cubs get somebody, but they don't get their choice because I just I feel like the, the promise to make money is kind of behind, you know, cross and fingers. I, and I know the Braves have that uh, Vaughn was at uh, whatever his name is, Grissom. Um, as the guy who's going to be the heir apparent to Dansby Swanson, but he's a homeboy. And I think, you know, letting people that you got early in their career while Dansby Swanson was originally drafted by the D-backs, they got him pretty early in his career, like the year after he was drafted. And they saw what happened last year when they lost Freddie Freeman, a homegrown talent. 
yeah, getting Olsen's awesome. And it's, it's a guy, nice consolation prize. But keeping a guy that has grown up with your team and brought home a championship and has had his two best offensive years these last two years, I think it's too much of an alluring thing to bring him back and have that Matt Nayato looks and that lettuce back there in Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and apparently he's calling uh, the GM too. Like, hey, buddy, can I, you want to sign me? Like, you know, he's calling it Alex Anthopoulos. He's got like seven missed calls from Dansby Swanson just because he wants to stay home. Uh, let's go to the next board here as we move on with the other final four free agents. We got, oh, I didn't know you picked the same one. Oh, yep. look at us. Brandon Nimmo, Michael Conforto, Joey Gallo, and Gene Segura are our final four players. And look at us. We're being optimistic. We have the White Sox signing people. Uh, not Brandon Nimmo, though. No, he, when we saw that deal or the reported deal that the Rockies are going to be signing Brandon Nimmo for $25 million. I was like, oh, wow. And Sean was like, no, that's 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 what Brandon Nimmo's going to go for. And if that's the number, I don't even know if any team are going to get close to that. Mm-hmm. Like, they're going to be in that neighborhood. But if the Rockies are there and Brandon Nimmo's like, man, I get all this money and get to hit bombs and cores, sign me up. I just, I think too, like, if you see Jamison Tyon getting seventeen and a half million, and Brandon Nimmo is only going to get twenty three, like that just seems like a good deal. One of those guys plays every single day and is only going to make about what five more million dollars, five and a half more million dollars per year. Like that is such a steal. I don't know. Brandon Nimmo seems like a great contract, and I think maybe part of that is that he's trying to get that twenty five million. I think the reported deal was one fifteen five years. Maybe he's looking to get up to one. 36 years or 127 six years maybe that final year is uh, uh important to him because we've seen like they gave chris bryant 26 million mm-hmm. well like the Contreras thing like the reports were that it was about like 48 million and he ends up getting five for 875 so you know some of these extra years might be important to some of these guys so um I do think that uh, even though JJ says Brandon Nimmo stinky, uh, I, I think he's a pretty good signing, and I think I'd be happy with him on the White Sox, and I think the Rockies will be happy with uh, Nimmo as well. Uh, let's go to the next guy, Conforto. You have him going to the rivals. Yeah. Minnesota. Yeah. I mean, they're out here trying to trade Max Kepler to us, so obviously they don't like him. Then they was like, hey, let's get an actual guy that's going to be playing right field for us that's been on the shelf a little bit. We're going to lose out on Correa, which I think they are. Let's get a name in here and uh, try to compete with the Guardians and the White Sox with a guy that we believe is going to turn it back to the clock to his 2019 years. And he set out the whole year in 2022 as he was hurt. We'll get him here in Twin Cities, and he'll be a little bit better than he was in 2021 his last year as a Nymet. Yeah, and our guy rusted saying, "Yay, broken Conforto, LOL." There's no, there's a reason no one's signing the guy. I think it's because he just hasn't gotten the contract that he wanted. I, I think if the White Sox and the report is that he would be because Boris is his agent, he'd be getting a similar deal to Carlos Rodon. So I think if the White Sox had the right structured contract with certain opt outs and incentives, that he probably would have signed already. And I think the Bellinger deal shows that you know, at least Conforto, what his market could be. I think it's probably about $5 million less than what Bellinger is. So if the White Sox made basically the Clevenger offer with an option for like 15 million for the second year, I think he takes that. I could see, you know, uh, $8 million base salary, possibly a $4 million buyout um, if he doesn't, you know, take the option. And then like a $15 million base if he does take the option. I don't know. I I think Conforto will move soon. I, I don't think he's, he hasn't signed yet. I think it's just Bellinger needed to sign before him. Um, but the White Sox have seemed always interested in him. He is a left-hander with great plate discipline, can play left field or right field. 
I think it's a smart signing, and especially with the White Sox, we know that they need to sign damaged goods, apparently, um, for them to feel comfortable about spending money. I think it's the best damaged goods out there. Uh, if if we're going to get damaged goods, why not get the best, right? Get it from fa- uh, Saks Fifth and not, like, you know, Coles. Yeah, I would be fine with Mike Conforto, but that would be another signing where you're like, is he going to be good? You would, it'd be a big question mark because he sat out a full year and his last year with the Mets wasn't like great, great. It was good. It wasn't like, you know, kind of like a Yoan Moncada. Like he had a, a great year in 2019 and people were like, here we go. And then 2021 was like, eh, fine. And then he being out the whole year in 2022 with a shoulder injury. But he does have great pedigree. I think his dad played football at Penn State. His mom, as I told you, I think she won uh, or was in the Olympics in synchronized swimming. Yeah. So he's got a lot of good athleticism in his family. Yeah, I, I think he just – it wasn't the cleanest year in 2021, but every other year before that was extremely clean. He doesn't really seem like a product of 2019 because he had his best season in the COVID year where he had 154 OPS+. plus. Like – Maybe it's a Grady Sizemore thing where he's never able to bounce back, but I don't know. It, it seemed like a shoulder injury, which I think puts him in the same uh, camp as Bellinger, but he's had a whole entire year to recover where Bellinger never got that. Nope. So I, I think that there's some positives with Conforto. And the other thing, too, like his K rate has always been over 10%, and his, uh, or his walk rate's always been over 10%, and his K rate's never been under, uh, above like 25, basically, or above 26. So he's just really, really consistent. So... I think he's a smart signing for the Sox. Uh, next up, we got Joey Gallo. Uh, you have him going to the Sox. Yes. Uh, why? Well, a lot of people in my DMs of people I trust. I won't say I'm a scoops guy, but people I trust are saying that that deal is imminent. The White Sox are talking to Joey Gallo that it will be announced eventually coming up this week. Those are the people who are who are locked in. The last time this person said something. We got a deal, and so I'm not going to put it out there for him to be embarrassed, but this person has told me the White Sox and Joey Gallo are imminent. I think, let me get his exact words, and he said, like, the White Sox have been dealing with him for a good while now. So let's see. Here, well, I'll make my Joey Gallo, one for ten. So one year, $10 million. That's what he said. I, I would do that in a heartbeat. That okay. sounds great. It sounds great. great defense. Gallo yeah. sounds wonderful. Candidate. This yeah. is why Herb's in a good mood. He's been he, sitting on Gallo's contract. <laughs> he said Gallo <laughs> is going to happen soon. It's just a matter of time. All right. Hey. Um, I don't know. I mean, everyone's going to bitch about something, right? I just signed somebody at this point, as long as it's not Ben Attendee. I, I will be happy if the White Sox go out and get a left-handed outfielder, as long as it is not Andrew Ben Attendee. If it's Michael Conforto, I'll be happy. If it's Brandon Nimmo, I'll be happy. If it's Joey Gallo, I'll be happy. If it's Michael Brantley, I'll be happy. All right, I'm, I'm fine with whoever they say. But yeah, I, I, I mean, I paid $10 million for his glove alone, and he's going to give you 30 home runs? When was the last White Sox player to hit 30 home runs? Mm. That was rhetorical. I was about to say... Um, it I wasn't know, last year. I know Aloy. I know it wasn't last year. I know Aloy hit 30 home runs in his rookie year. Yeah. I mean, 31. It, was, it probably, it had to be Jose in 2021. No, in, yeah, 2021. Yeah, he's 30 and 100 usually every year. Did he hit it or did he hit like 29? Maybe it was 30. Yeah, 30 in 2021. Um, 
the one thing before we move off the outfielders and go to Gene Segura, uh, this is from Ken Rosenthal. Finally, the Astros continue to look at free agents Andrew Benatendi, Michael Brantley, and Michael Conforto as options for their outfield. After losing out on Contreras, they might even explore signing two of the three of them. So uh, go sign Benatendi and Brantley and give us Conforto. Uh, final guy, Gene Segura. I have him going to the Orioles just because they have a lot of top prospects that fill out the other side of the infield, shortstop and third base, Gunnar Henderson being one of them. I think there's going to be a spot open there at second base just for a filler role. I don't know if really second base is that important to the White Sox and the MLB as a whole. I think it could be Lenin Sosa as as a starting base, second baseman. I thought they could have taken a shot on a 20-year-old in the Red Sox organization in the Rule 5 draft, and I would have been fine with it. I don't really care who plays second base for the White Sox as long as Gavin Sheets isn't in the outfield for the White Sox. Okay. Um, I'm thinking that Brewers just training away Colton Wong, getting back uh, Toro, and getting back, of course, my guy Jesse Winker. <laughs> Sad. They need a second baseman. I know they have Bryce Durang and whatever, but whatever. A Major League <laughs> Baseball player who's played second base before, they can get Gene Segura there as the beer makers strive to battle with the Cardinals in the NL Central and the Cubs, maybe. There you go. Um, no other picks from the White Sox in the Rule 5 draft. Son of a bitch. Uh, Nick Birdie, though. Is he a former White Sox? Or is that no, Zach that's Birdie? his brother, Zach. But yeah. Nick Birdie from He's Donald's a Cub Grove. now. Yeah, he's a Cub now. He's coming back home. Coming back home. Um, other than that, no huge names are sticking out to me that got drafted or that the White Sox, quote-unquote, missed out on. Uh, so, I oh, they also, no, they got somebody else uh, in the minor league phase. I'm sorry. Uh, so, they ended up selecting in the minor league phase Ernesto Jaquez from the Houston Astros organization. So, the two picks that the White Sox made, and there still is rounds four and seven of the minor league phase to go. The White Sox ended up selecting Ernesto Jaquez in the first round of the minor league portion of the Rule 5 draft, and then they picked Nick Avila from the San Francisco Giants in the first round of the Rule 5 draft. So Ernesto Jaquez is a right-handed pitcher, uh, 6'2", 190, 23 years old from the Dominican Republic. He is just added to the 40-man roster, uh, so he is not going to be uh, added to the 26-man roster. He shown some flashes to start before 21 games in 2022 between high A and uh, just uh, A ball, uh, 13 starts, 613 ERA. So they probably like his ability to throw fast because he's had, what, career 10.5 K per nine. So I bet they like that he throws hard. But that guy, not that excited about. Nick nope. Avila, though, interesting. That's yeah. going to do it, though. I hope the White Sox uh, figure out a way to pare down their bullpen get some money off of that and do deals like this, get these minor leaguers up to the major leagues, uh, major leagues. So they don't have all that money in their bullpen. I would hate again. I would hate if they traded Liam Hendricks, because I think it would signal something bigger, but if they feel like they need to get that 14 million, which would turn out automatically into a $29 million deal for the next team, two years, 29 million. You just saw Kenley Jansen go for two years and 32 million Teams would pay a pretty penny for a better reliever in Liam Hendricks than what they just got in uh, Kenley Jansen going to the Boston Red Sox. Yeah, and I think, too, uh, Alex brought this up a little bit earlier uh, in, the, in the chat, but and I brought it up to him in November, so I'm surprised he's just you know retreading my thoughts to me. Uh, but uh, what if the Sox just trade Graveman? Like, 8 mil, Graveman was fine. Like, 
I'd rather them move on from Graveman than Hendricks. Oh yeah, me so too. So that, that's all I'm saying. It's just like it's still a, a, a place of strength, but it's not the guy that you're getting rid of. And Gra- Graveman, he was fine, but we know that Raylo can do that role. Yeah, and then you can have Raylo go into that role. Joe maybe uh, getting back to his regular uh, pitching, which the FIP wasn't too bad. And I think uh, uh, Beefloaf wrote a whole article on the From the 108 about. Uh, Joe Kelly and his FIP mm-hmm. and how it was way off of where the six ERA was. So it was like a three two four. Yeah. So if Joe Kelly gets back to pitching close to where his FIP's at, you can get a quality uh, effort next year. And Graveman could be on somebody else's team, and maybe somebody other some other team will make him a closer, like the Mariners did a couple of years ago, and the Houston Astros kind of did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was he was great in that year. One seven seven ERA with the uh, Houston and uh, Seattle. Anyways, that's going to do it for the CHGO White Sox podcast. I guess I was holding out hope that they might have made another signing outside of Victor Reyes, uh, but we did get the uh, two picks from the Rule 5 draft, Nick Avila in the first round, and then uh, the Major League portion, and then the Minor League portion, them getting uh, Ernesto Jaquez. Uh, final thoughts that I guess I had. Rusted said something about me being juiced up today. I got real pissed off at people complaining about the Project Birmingham thing. All right. <laughs> if you're upset that they released a video, calm down. It doesn't have any forecast or telling of what the White Sox will or will not do in the free agent market or in the trade market. That happened in September. They filmed it, and it takes about two months to put together a three-part series. So it just happened that it co-aligned with the winter meetings. doesn't mean anything. It's not a secret message, right? They're just releasing content in the dead period of the offseason. I didn't necessarily mind it, but it's timing, as always, the White Sox. Read the room. White Sox and what at White Sox read the room. It's not the time to release it. Release I, it after the winter meeting. Release why? it before the winter why? because because you're already at a fever pitch. Do you see these people in here arguing in our comments? They can calm down. This is why. No, because White Sox fans deserve their ire that they feel. And so if you're going to release something, understand who your fan base is and you know acquiesce to them and say, hey man, we're not going to be f- feeling. Fueling your flames with some nonsense Project Birmingham video that we filmed back in September. We'll do this in a dead period when probably when Soxfest was supposed to do it, supposed to be on. So let's do it in January. I guess. And release it. It's like, like, do like a crescendo to pitchers and catchers reporting. One week, you do the first one. The second week, you do the third one. Third week, you do the third one. And then pitchers and catchers report. Get people ready for White Sox baseball. Leading it up, though, to the holidays, it's going to come out in the 7th, the 14th, and the 21st. I don't know. It's also stuff you can do on your winter break. I have no thought or I have no idea or picturing a meeting where Rick Hahn is like, hey, you know what, uh, video team, I'd love, I'd love for you to put this out on you know the third day of the winter meetings. Like, I don't think there's a conversation there. I don't think it's purposefully done. I don't think it's supposed to be, like, harmful. It's just a little video a on your little phone. That's it's a, okay. That's the thing. They didn't think about that. They don't Why think do you about, need to? They don't think it's about a little optics. video on your little phone. You don't have to watch the little video on the phone. They want people to watch it. You don't have to. You don't have to do anything. It's just there for your entertainment if you want. It's not a sign. Not everything's a sign. But, this isn't the movie Signs. But look at you. You're getting mad at people who are getting mad at their thing. So why are you getting mad at their anger? Are you trying to tell them how to fan, Sean? It's an entertainment product, folks. I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. That's Herb Lawrence. You can follow him on Twitter at Eckerwall23. 
Uh, and isn't that the, the point of the world? My opinion's more more important than yours? Correct. Okay, so there you go. Um, that's that's what makes it fun. That's why we're here. Discussion and discourse. Uh, love all you crazy people. You guys are the best. You guys make this job fun. Uh, the Cubs had like 300 people in their little live stream earlier today. I'm like, that's just a, that's a Tuesday night game for us, all right? Come on. You guys are crazy. Uh, so appreciate everyone uh, in, in the uh, the chat. Uh, Colt Taco's a new name. Omar's a new name. Matthew, Melissa, Shirek, Bobby, Matthew Cortese, all you people. Uh, we love and appreciate all your support. Again, that's Herb. I'm Sean. Thank you to Steven Nicholas for producing the show. And we'll talk to you tomorrow when the White Sox sign Carlos Rodon again, right?